When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. We are taught to work till you die. Yeah. And sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice. And more often than not, all that sacrificing takes a toll on our mental, takes a toll on our physical and we pay for it later. And most, more often than not, we're resentful for it. Yeah. Um, because, again, these weren't things that we were taught when we were and younger. before. That they didn't know. Absolutely. Why are you preaching? And in therapy. Therapy. A word. Thank you, Doc. Uh, check it out. Now look, the apple don't fall far from trees, right? I'm in the land of milk and honey with the bees, like. And if I'm ripping it, what I'm so with my seeds, like. Now check it out. I've been a father since I was a toddler. I would teach her mother, father. Hey, y'all. Hey, I'm Mikey. And I'm Randy. And this is the Black Millennial Marriage Podcast, where we give you an uncensored look into all we're learning, unlearning, and loving about marriage in real time. Welcome. We're thankful y'all tuned in. Yes. So we've been going back and forth uh, for the past few weeks about doing an episode about race. Mm -hmm. And we've been dreading it (laughs) for a few reasons. One of those being as black people, it takes a different form of labor, vulnerability and transparency to relive and retell racist experiences. We found that we are that we were dreading the experience and that's no good for recording. No. Um, And we were dreading the process of telling these stories. And we also found that a lot of people are already doing this. And we're thankful for it. And we also, but we also want to be a part and we want to be a part of the conversation. But at the same time, we also want to take care of ourselves. So continuing with the theme of plot twists. We're going to talk about the joys of being black. Yeah. So. And the purpose of this episode is not to take away from whatever, what is going on and what you may be feeling, but it is absolutely to help you through it. Really? And to help us. Like, Yeah. um, I meant us when I said you. Yeah. Um, this podcast has always served as a form of therapy for Randy and I, um, and we really wanted to talk about something that wasn't going to make us angrier or sadder than we already are. Um, right. While also, you know, still reflecting on and appreciating our experiences as black people. It's in the title. We are right. black Joy is an act of resistance. We are <laughs> yeah. the Black Millennial Marriage Podcast for a reason. This family is black, like down to the dog. So. Like, which was purposeful. <laughs> we did y'all. do that on purpose. Because black dogs don't usually get adopted. They don't. And, and I knew that um, when I told Mike I wanted a dog when we had first moved in together. So mm. anyway, in our first segment, we are going to discuss our favorite things about blackness. Mm-hmm. Share a positive story from our childhood and adulthood. Yes. We're um, going to talk about a time where we had to choose joy, happiness or peace over fear or anxiety while black. And finally, we'll detail how we plan to teach Drew how to take care of herself 
and enjoy her blackness. Mm-hmm. Second is our fight or flight where today I am confronting Brandy about her health issues and how it's damaging me. What? I know. That has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. No, I'm talking about your health issues. What allergies? My- oh, that too. I could do that. Okay. Um, Imagine me fighting you over your allergies. Oh, I see food allergy. Lord. <laughs> Finally, we'll wrap it up with our PDA segment where we will show each other some love and or thank each other for something. Probably both. <laughs> I'm we- in that mood today. Are you? I am. I didn't know that. We hope you enjoy. And we're back. Yes. So, our main topic is... Black Joy. Black Joy. Uh... I think Malik has a song about Black Joy. I'm, we need, I to, we need to make a playlist. Did have a, a, I a think that's what the song is called. It's a good song. Anyway, anyway. I'm working on something, but that's we, fine. Um, so the backstory is, mm-hmm. did you want me to do it? Yeah, I like your voice right now. <laughs> I've been hearing Drew scream at me for the last couple days, y'all. She's had a fever. She, yeah, she's not feeling well. It's taking a toll on everybody, but especially her. I feel for the baby. But mm-hmm. but the parents, are, are we okay? I don't know. No, we don't get to talk about us when we're dealing with her because we got we to gotta help her. Because she can't help herself. Well, that's the that's the role. I'm aware, but in this space, what we're we talking right now, <laughs> I am just saying. So Mikey's saying he's I miss your voice. So. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. So backstory is we didn't want to keep moving forward with random episodes and appear disconnected from mm-hmm. the revolution taking place, which is absolutely necessary. Yeah, and we are actively out here with y'all. So yeah. don't we haven't been out to yeah. any protests quite yet. Um, but that's because we're trying to negotiate what that means for our baby because yeah. it is still a pandemic. So when can someone come and hold Drew down for a minute? Or like, can we do that in a healthy way without, without getting her sick or right. each other? Because so, there is still a pandemic going on. Right. So we've been donating and things and sharing everything we find. But in the midst of all that, we also didn't want to do an episode like we said on how sad or down we are because mm-hmm. black people also live and we fight and we are the masters of happiness and joy. And we want to highlight that in this episode for our own mental health and wellness. Mm-hmm. Plus, it's also time for white people and non-white people of color to pick up a bit of the labor. So Yeah, the the <laughs> so work is can, not all on us to carry. Yeah. Um, so that we can take a break and really reflect on the joy of blackness. So also shout out to our Patreon village. We had a Zoom call with them yesterday mm-hmm. and they gave us they approved this idea, but it was given to us by Jessica um Obiora. Thank you, Jessica. It was a really good idea because we had brought up wanting to do a race episode and she was like, you know, what? how about you do this spin? And so it was a really good idea. Yeah. I don't know Thank who you else so much. was in the call. They were like, um, yeah, because when y'all first brought up doing it. It was Renee. Yeah. I yeah. was with Renee. She was like, so, yeah, I kind of cringe. Like, nah. <laughs> we know Again. that people, we need a break, y'all. We all need mm-hmm. a break. Um, and joy is okay. And it is a form of resistance and so is rest. So we hope that you can find that in this episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so, babe. Yeah. So the first thing we're going to get into is our favorite thing about being black. And Randy, you go first. Okay, well, my thing was centered around, well, I guess it is my favorite thing about being black, but it's also my favorite thing about blackness. I love our laugh. Mm. I know that's really simple or may seem really simple, but I don't know anybody else (laughs) that laughs like black people. And that was one of the things that I really liked about you liking about me was Mm -hmm. that I did not hold back. I mean, y'all know on the show, I laugh with my whole body. Yeah, all your teeth, a little bit of gum. That's the thing. (laughs) But I've never seen, I'm not going to say I've never, but I don't remember, I don't have a lot of memories of, for instance, white people crying, laughing to their crying. Mm. Like, I think black people just possess a certain type of joy 
and we can really laugh and put everything in it because we we have we have like so much to like put in and it's my favorite thing i love seeing old black people laugh there's something about black laughs that's contagious too like yeah like uh, we've we've spoken about Jeff in previous episodes, but Jeff oh, has yeah, this Jeff laugh has... <laughs> since we were in middle school. He's it's like, Jew's godfather. <laughs> and again, he he's also a teeth shower. Uh-huh. But like Jeff will get into if he's laughing too long, he'll start hitting these little like high notes and behind. He'll hang his head. Back. Yes, and like it's like yeah. There's nothing about when you black like when certain people start laughing a certain way, it just makes it's you laugh yeah. more. Um, it really just spreads the joy. It's my it's my yeah. absolute favorite thing. I love it. Yeah, I laugh down to my shoulders. Like I. It all my, the whole body gets into. Why are you irritated when my shoulders bounce? I'm like because <laughs> stop. <laughs> and then it carries through my belly and my toe. Like you okay, know? Mm-hmm. so yeah, that's my thing. How I about can you? See that. I can see that. Um, my favorite thing about being black and just blackness in general is our strength. Mm. Um, that is that has been an overall theme my entire life that I've always associated with the fact that I am black. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've always taken that, you know, in a more positive way. Like, because you're black, you're automatically strong. Like, you're built for certain things. Like, you are you are inherently prepared to take on things in a way that would crumble others. You know, like, we, we were we were given that, that battery in our back, I think, at a very young age. And I've always appreciated that. So, like, I've always carried, like, oh, you know, I'm strong. Like, this is something that makes me strong. Yeah. Um, yeah also, there was a, um, you know, I... Before I actually started like looking into Bible stories and trying to understand what was happening there, you would tell me the story of um, Samson. Mm-hmm. And his hair cut his hair and stuff Mikey like that. Cut his yeah, hair. nah. So you Whoa, know, like Samson, <laughs> ready to tell it. me about the stories, <laughs> and you know, I wasn't paying attention when I was in uh, church or Bible study or anything <laughs> for that matter. I was just ready to go. But like when you ran that down to me, I was like, oh, you know, I like that. I like that. That is that's a story that's told. Yeah. Um, and you know, I always I attributed my strength to to my blackness. I just, I just did, mm. and I see it in in the faces and the actions of all the black people that I've ever known, the black women I've ever that I've been raised by, the black men that I've had the pleasure to like grow up around and be with. You know, like that's just if we ain't nothing else, we strong. This is true, but I also think that think that um that our, like our ability to be sensitive is also a strength same and we don't get to talk about that mm-hmm. much, as much because you know how people also believe that because we are inherently strong or that we are that we are inherently strong that we don't feel either but i think that when you match the strength and the laughter together that that obviously proves that's not the case mm-hmm. and we are super compassionate and capable. we are a, we are complex people obviously mm-hmm. but um yeah no if if i had to just pick one thing it'd be, it'd be, strength. yeah no we're strong thank you thank you all right. Second is a positive childhood story related to blackness. Okay. So what you got? Um, me and Mikey used to both step when we were in middle and mm-hmm, elementary mm-hmm. middle school. Well, I didn't start stepping until middle school, but it was at the same school. But um, I was in a one of our teachers, Mr. Waller, <laughs> created a step team of his students, and it was just really great. Looking back as an adult, it was just a great thing that he did for us because it kept us busy. He kept us focused. He, he made us rehearse, 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 rehearse over and over and over again until it was perfect. And these were elaborate step shows, y'all. Like, let me tell you. They like, were let excessive. me tell you. <laughs> Elaborate's a word, like, but they were excessive. This was not no baby kitty step show. Like, we stepped and we sweated. And it was, we had to use our whole bodies. And Looking was, back, it was obviously, he was obviously given input from people from fraternities and sororities yeah because because they were there i like all the yeah like, all he of went our to a hbcu he went to morehouse mm-hmm. and we drew charles our drew charter school which is the school we went to as y'all know um had a thing called college week 
every year. Mm-hmm. And that that year we had a step show and we had to step outside in front of other HBCUs in Georgia and they also came to step. But it was such a powerful experience because we did better. And nobody, <laughs> nobody expected us to be as good as we were. No, nah, they were very um, we, as yeah, rehearsed we as we were, and it was just a great experience being around all these black people and all these black schools, Morehouse and Clark and mm-hmm. Spelman, and to have everybody really celebrate us because no one expected the show they got. And he had us in like army fatigue, and I remember I had these big black boots because they made so much sound when you stepped. And yeah. Like, I, I didn't have just, my Tim's. They, I, did, I had my steel toe Tim's because yeah. they made the most noise. He he was really big on it. Just made us feel powerful, Absolutely. and I think that always stuck with me, which is why it's my favorite childhood memory related to blackness. Mm. It was great. It was a great day. It was hot as hell. My mom was there. Like it was great. Um, uh, yeah, but it was hot, and <laughs> <laughs> and we stepped. So yeah, that was mine. How about you? My actual, my, my positive childhood story that I chose that really highlighted my blackness was the same thing, actually. It was um, college week, but not so much centered around the step show, but everything else around it. Um, I'm not sure if this is right or not, but I don't remember college week being during Black History Month, no, was I don't, it? I don't remember. It wasn't. I don't um, think so. It was too hot to my for memory. it to be. No, no, no. Yeah, it had to be closer too, to the summertime, spring, right? Yeah. So It's too hot to be. Again, I think that college week was literally just meant to be a, hey... We're going to talk about the importance of education to our kids that we're trying to impart. Well, yeah, because Drew was a cradle to college Yes, program. but what it ended up turning out to be was a celebration of all things black. Right? Like, because most of our because teachers went to HBCUs. Because all of our teachers went to HBCUs. Yep. Um, FAMU. I ha- had to be more than, more than 75% of them were, yeah. in a, were in a fraternity or a sorority. Mm-hmm. And being around that our entire childhood, we knew we knew mad teachers who were AKAs, Deltas. Um, Zetas. Um, alphas cues through school like uh-huh. you kind of started you started learning a little bit more about you start learning about college when you're in fourth fifth grade and yeah. it's just it becomes a thing that you already start planning for for your future yeah in a way that if we were anywhere else we probably wouldn't have been exposed to right like you couldn't have told me nothing like i knew i was going to family i knew i was going to family do you hear me we were, we in fourth 11, grade, like, I was like, I'm going to fam. I was like, no, fam, fam is it. And every time <laughs> there was like, we got split up into groups, always got into the group where, okay, y'all represent the Rattlers. This, uh-huh. like, and that was our thing. I was like, all right. Ms. And my Willingham teacher taught us the, yes. the song, the Rattler song. I'm over here throwing up little snakes and shit. Like, it's <laughs> like... I was like, oh, this is my game. I was like, you know what? I wouldn't look bad in orange and green. Like, I'm a- <laughs> neither one of us went to fan. <laughs> <laughs> but we nah, all knew. by the time by the time I was getting ready for college, what was the what was the virus you, of you, the day? It was the foam. The what was the virus during that time? I don't know. We were in college. You probably also didn't have the. Or you had the scores. Maybe you I had, had the GPA. scores. I just I had the money and <laughs> no, anyway, I had the GPA. Did I just, you? I, I did. My GPA was fine out of high school. Oh, okay. And my test scores were great out of high school. Yeah, yeah test scores. I just wasn't... Times had changed. <laughs> right? Yeah. But, um, no, just seeing all of those people being as as happy as they were and celebrating specifically that they had been to HBCUs and now that has become, like, a part of, like, who we all were. Like, that's just... That was, like, normal conversation to us. We were all planning for, like, whatever our black future was going to be, it was going to involve something in this arena, something in this space. We wanted to partake in something like this. Mm-hmm. So even if we didn't go to a, a HBCU, we both were involved in, in organizations on our campuses that were centered around black students. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a part of BSU. You were a part of WOI mm-hmm. and what else? Cause I don't want to leave. And the black student association. Yeah. So like just having that, 
put in our face at a young age and highlighted. And again, this was not centered around Black History Month. It just was what it was. Mm-hmm. Was just really nice. Yeah. And it's just always stuck with me. I, mean, I love College Week. I want to do it for Drew, no matter where she goes to school. Like, mm-hmm. I think we really need to bring some of that stuff home or keep some of that stuff in the house um, as well. Absolutely. So that she can have it like double time, even if she does end up ironically going to Drew. But um, all right. Positive adult story. All right. What you got for us, baby? Uh, So my positive adult story about blackness and being black actually happened this year. So as y'all know, last year was really rough, 2019. And one of the two of the people, two of like the 10 people that was like really big on making sure we didn't die. You had two of the 10. Um, I mean, the, the network was really small in terms mm-hmm. of who was being really intentional or who or who could i'm not even gonna blame anybody who like wasn't but like jeff and logan who are um spouses and drew's godfathers um really made it a big point to make sure we were well (laughs) and to reach out to us and to feed us sometimes (laughs) and this particular day it was my day to hang out with jeff because we've been doing one-on-one meetings but we ended up making it like a triple date going to this um Bayard Rustin breakfast is actually the Bayard Rustin Audrey Lord breakfast. It happens every year in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. It's around MLK weekend, and it's one of the events that Atlanta puts on every year. Like I think the the year this year was like this tenth year. Don't don't get me lying. It's been around <laughs> for a long time, and it just moved me so much. Bayard Rustin is a um, was a civil rights activist. He was MLK's closest advisor, but he was gay, and mm. and I think at one point he was caught having sex with a man in a car or something like that and he got um charged because it was illegal to be gay back in the day and um and that that kind of impacted his career and mlk distanced himself you know or tried to but he still coordinated the march on washington and he did all this great stuff and i didn't know that there was a breakfast for him every year and so when, when i got to go it just really moved me it was free um, they just asked for a donation, um, five dollars at least, and I did. And we heard um a speaker, it was this trans woman, but I can't remember her name. But she was a really great speaker. And at the end of the breakfast, they had kids were allowed to come and, and during the breakfast or during like the talk where they sit with the adults and stuff, the kids were in the back making signs. And so they came up on stage at the end of the breakfast and showed their signs off, and it was so cute. And I was like, I cannot wait to have Drew on the stage. Like I want to go every year. Like I can't believe I've been missing I've out. Never heard it was just such a great um experience. Mm. And I just love being black. I was like, man, I love us. Yeah. We just we just be doing shit. We just be putting on shit every year and <laughs> <laughs> and I had no clue and it was great. And um and I definitely want to be a part of of that celebration every year. And afterwards there's a march, but we didn't stay for the march because we were tired. <laughs> and yeah. it and it and it was just a long day and we're all low key introverts, but it was great, and that was that was my positive adult story. I like that. Thank you. How about you? Uh, mine would have to be Memorial Day um, or Labor Day weekend celebrations. Oh yeah. Um, that's a really big time for us. Again, I'm West Indian. I'm Guyanese. I'm sorry. I was saying, um, yeah, Memorial weekend celebrations were just they're 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 how we celebrate the people we've lost. How we celebrate life in general, um, and it's just one of the things that made me really enjoy my blackness. I think that black people, we celebrate different. We do. On top of everything else. Like, I I had the pleasure, once I went to college, of seeing, you know, a white party. And <laughs> going to one of the... What? I'm serious. Nothing. Go ahead. Go what? Ahead. Nothing. Have no. you been to one of the- <laughs> I actively avoided 
places that made me feel like I was being attacked or would be or would become violent. I went to PWI. I didn't go to many white parties. Yeah, that's what, but you, you, that's what <laughs> I, I'm like. I, I disagree wholeheartedly because your college campus was a yeah. place that was. But all right, so West Georgia was not um, was was a predominantly white institute at this point in time. Um, but you had a lot of black kids. That we there. did. Um, we were all like stuck in the same area, and so we traveled as a unit. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went to this party, and it was you know all the lights were on and. Had a couple of people sitting on a couch next to each other and talking, and it was some ping Mikey. pong, and it was just like <laughs> I was like, "This is." It was. It was. Um. It was the the. It was Memorial Weekend. It was. I was like, "What are y'all doing? Like, this is this is what y'all do. This is how y'all parties go." Needless no. to say, they nah. This was this was their parties. <laughs> like they had music, but it was just like like what mood are you setting? Did y'all plan? <laughs> um. All future parties after that, we kind of turned them out. We changed all the music whenever we walked in the room, mm-hmm. and it turned into an actual thing. And all the other houses and people came to like, we actually started that. But just growing up and seeing my family do the absolute most at like Guyana Day, it was I was extremely proud to be able to take you to them. Yeah, it was great. Um, I love I love Guyana Day. Yeah, we share that picture often of the first one I took you to, I believe. Mm-hmm and because i feel like that one really solidified for other people our relationship yeah, yeah Do you remember that I we did, dropped that picture we talked i mean y'all we was really out here for real but it wasn't until we put that picture out it was like oh y'all still together yeah like yes it was it was it was it was, I, it it was, was difficult weird. for you to get some respect for a while for as who, like what? my girl you think i do what do you mean respect like I think people still thought I was playing, and it was like, "Oh, she don't know." Like that was. I think that, I think that just, was the attitude. Well, I, that was for some, maybe not all. But it was like, "Oh, I mean, for your people, still probably. out here." Yeah, for your people, you still keeping this up. You sure that's what you want? And for my people, it was like, or well, they weren't really my people, but they was waiting for you to fail. So they, yeah, could, they were just like, "Oh, this thing, this is just the high school stuff." Could jump in right after. But you. y'all don't know we be manifesting. Mm. We magicians. Okay. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. But um, no, more Guyanese uh, Guyana Day is a celebration that takes place at um usually George Perimeter College like stadium or a really large park in uh in in Atlanta, and it's where every West Indian person in the city in the comes world. out. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a mob of of all the cliche West Indian cars, the Infinities, the Maximas, the Jeeps, and everybody has flags all, all over the damn place. The food is amazing. The yeah. snacks are amazing. I get curry every time. It's I colorful as shit. There's always a parade. Like it's just it's yeah. the it's one of my favorite celebrations of blackness. And it's just something that I love to see. And that was one of the reasons why this year I was really, really sad that given the yeah. you know, the pandemic that I wasn't gonna be able to like just have Drew outside in it. Yeah. Even if she was, you know, she may not fully be aware of what's happening. Because the baby's all dressed up in Guyana. Their mm-hmm. garb is always, like, so great. It's a thing. They look different in red, yellow, and green. Um, but I really wanted to, um, I really, I'm, I'm excited to share those moments with her in the future because I know that she will get a chance to. But, um, yeah, nah, man, those, those celebrations. Um, that, Juve is another one that, oh, that's yeah. really good. New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, Old Year's, like, it's a thing. We just celebrate different, and this is something that I'm really I, I enjoy seeing. Thanks, man. Yeah, that probably good memories for me too. That's great. Yeah, but yeah, no, that was that's just a positive, positive moment from my adulthood because I was around it when I was a kid. I just didn't really get it. Yeah. But then when I started getting older, the appreciation for it grew. I also had a lot of like reunions with siblings, and that in that building. Yeah. Like, I may not have seen them for a year. I met Tevin there. You did. There's, a, there's there are pictures of me and all my siblings there. One year when I think I was like 11, awkward. It was you know like <laughs> I, I had sisters come down from New York at that time. I I, had, I don't think she had been down since until our wedding. Mm. Um, Nicole was in was, was oh yeah there, yeah. And it was, you know, I was like, oh, look at look at the look at the clan. It was, you know the jokes. 
But I would walk around that track, and if I looked to my left and my right, I would see a relative. Yeah, somebody you knew. And we would have free food or someplace to sit to get out the sun for a minute, you know, <laughs> it wasn't, yeah. if nothing else. But yeah, just those things. Yeah. Thanks, babe. Of course. All right. All right. So now a time we chose joy. Yeah. Um. So, well, <laughs> mine's going to start off. Anyway, I'm just going to get into it. So this is a conspiracy. Joy, we talking about joy. You not you not helping. <laughs> I love you. I'm sorry. That wasn't nice. Come on. Come on, Joy. <laughs> so a time that I had to choose joy as an adult. Oh, start from the top. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so the time I had to choose joy as an adult was one time in college there was a play and it was put on by one of my classmates who was a year older than me. Mm-hmm. She was performing a piece that she put together for her senior thesis, which is what we're all required to do as seniors at the College of Rooster. In order to graduate. In order to graduate. We it's had a big to, deal. It's, it's a really, really big deal, y'all. There's a parade after we finish. Mm-hmm. Everybody's drunk. It's a thing. And, like, it, it's a thing. And so for, for her year, she decided to do a play, and she had had certain dates all around, but being a group of um, our friends and the people in the organization, Women of Images, decided to go... At the last showing, because due to procrastination and also just just to general like, blackness, and to just show out for her mm-hmm. as as her final showing, and and some of the girls had already seen it, and so they talked it up, and it was a really big thing. The problem was we were all supposed to go together, but that day was really weird for everybody. People had to stay late at work, and I fell asleep. And by the time I woke up, the whole house was gone, and the play was like in ten minutes, ten twenty minutes, and. I had to walk from our house, which is the last house on the block at our school, as you know. We call it the last house on the left because <laughs> they put the black girls at the end of the at the end of the street. At the bottom of the street. At on the, the bottom of the street on the left. Yep. Um, by ourselves. And our town the town that the school was in is incredibly racist, aggressively racist. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I had to walk to the play by myself. Now, in hindsight, I know I could have called one of the girls to come back and walk with me. But I was so embarrassed that I needed that comfort and that help. And I was like, Randy, you are a junior in college. You have to, you have to go to this play. Like you can't, you, I was thinking of everything. I was thinking of saying I overslept. I was thinking of saying I was sick. Mm-hmm. Anything to avoid having to walk by myself. Because historically walking on that street, especially as a black person, especially as a black woman alone. By historically, you mean that same year. That same there were year. Also like, instant, like naturally. Yes, I mean, since, Regularly since walking the College of Rooster yeah, started taking black students in mm-hmm. <laughs> from like the dawn of time, whenever black kids started going to Wooster, there has been problems with white residents of the town becoming very aggressive towards us, throwing pumpkins, throwing slushies, throwing bricks, bricks, yeah. um, cursing at us, saying, go back to Africa, calling us niggas, like... It's just very difficult to deal with on a day to day basis. And this was all the time. And they just put a camera on. They just put a camera on the street. And when I say just, I mean like maybe in the last year or two. And they put it in the wrong place on purpose. Like they put it closer <laughs> it to, to civilization. It ain't it ain't where all the shit was happening. Mm-hmm. It's right in the middle that by the time you get to the camera, it's obvious. Of course you ain't about to do no crazy racist shit. Like they would run up on the street on, on us. Um they be in trucks and they run up on the sidewalk and just it was awful, and there I knew would be that. There were times where I visited, and I just was wishing. Yeah, I was praying. I would hope. And we walked together in groups for a reason, but mm-hmm. even walking together in groups don't protect you because no. if you got a whole bunch of that's just more targets. You know, white people in a truck. You know, mm-hmm. it's just people against people. So anyway, um, I knew I was by myself, and I knew I had to get there, but I was really afraid, y'all. I was really afraid. I did not. 
and it was dark. It was nighttime, and all, and wasn't nobody home. And I was like, okay, right, you really gonna have to make a decision. <laughs> Are you going to? avoid this play and not see this last showing even though you heard how great it is or are you going to like walk and i decided to walk mm. and i was scared the whole time i was scared the whole time i was like lord please let nobody say nothing to me roll up on me um by myself you know and no one did and i went to the play and it was the best play i've ever seen in my life like it was the best thing that's ever happened to me <laughs> it was great and i was really happy that i chose you know, personal joy and peace. And I, I was able to see the bigger picture of like, I cannot keep letting these white people in this town keep me from living. Like I really yeah. have to, I have to step, step out the house, but I cannot tell you how long I stayed at the door, like watching the street. I don't think I ever told you, like I was just so ashamed that I was so immobilized by my experiences going on three years at this school, dealing with white people and they shit. And I was like, I can't miss this play. And I did not And that is the one time I had to choose peace and joy and personal happiness over my fear of being black so yeah man <laughs> i'm gonna keep mine short and sweet I, I, okay sorry i know I, I get that i i um again some of these experiences i got to share with you and i i recognize the space that you were in and i always empathize and sympathize when i got to be around you um which again which has also led to you know my wanting to make sure that you know when you're with me you're safe and you're protected because mm-hmm. I, I i just i know when you weren't I'm aware of all the instances when you weren't, even mm-hmm. if it's not all in detail. Um, and I just never want that to be the space that we share. But um, I get that, especially you being the thinker that you are. Yeah. Just how you play out scenarios. I in was. Your head. I was. But <laughs> and this ain't one of them times where anybody could tell you, oh, now you're overthinking. It won't be like, nigga, like last week, they just. Yeah. Two days ago. Two days ago. They just, you know, like, so. Yeah. Chances are you extremely high. Across somebody, yeah. It's actually less of a chance that nothing would happen than that something. Yeah, else. it was so, actually very rare that that happened. So to be yeah, a clear so night you tell me that you you had one of those nights where it actually worked out in your favor. That to me is that's good. Yeah, I'm 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 proud of you for doing that. Also, thank you. The grace of God, y'all. I'm telling you, yeah. mine mine may not be so powerful <laughs> what you know, my story may not be as powerful, but it it is what um it is it is it does speak to like my character, who I am as a person. Um, okay. So me and me and my, my, my boys, we used to go to parties all the time. High school, high, around high school time, we would hit parties in the West End. The parties thrown by high schoolers in the West End were the shit. Um, the name of the place was like the African, I want to say it was Delhi, but it had a J in it or the Jelly. It was something like that. I don't know how it's pronounced. So forgive me if you listen to this, you know where it is. But it was down the street from the Krispy Kreme across from the West End Mall. We used to go to this little club and party and have like the greatest time ever so me and three of my friends are heading home one night uh we live on the east side so uh two trains and a bus but uh the bus has stopped running by the time you know the party was over we are walking down the street and this is east atlanta this is kirkwood we're walking through uh the edge of edgewood and this place is at this point in time being gentrified at this actually now today there are no black families on the street that i'm talking about yeah um this is down the street from the boys and girls club next to I want to say East Lake train station. There are no more black people on this particular street where it used to only be black people. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're walking and this is before Karen's was a thing. I'm pretty sure that the woman who called the police on us actually name probably was Karen. Oh, no. But yeah, now four black boys walking home down the street, middle of the night. Obviously, that looks like something that you should call the police for. And so we were surrounded by three, four squad cars. 
And it was one of those instances where, you know, your heart kind of stopped. My mother already didn't want me going to no parties or like, like I grew up in a household where we didn't get to go out very often. Like you had to kind of lay groundwork for a couple of months to get to go to the prom. Yeah. School dances. Like, and and mind you, when I was growing up, I could see the school from my window. Mikey lived across the street. I could throw a rock from my window to Drew growing up. (laughs) I was like, mom, can I go to the school dance tonight? I've been asking you for two weeks. (laughs) My mom would come up with any excuse. And it wasn't because. It wasn't because I actually didn't accomplish those things or I keep my room clean or have my grades or anything. She just didn't want me to go because she just didn't trust me being out there sometimes. Like, yeah, she's like, it's not you all trust. It's the other people around you. I don't know what so-and-so is doing. That would always be her thing. Yeah. And so this is just one of those cases where I was like, you know, like my mom was right. Like, it's not safe for me outside. But I never wanted to. But, I, I, you know, I want to enjoy life. Like, I want to go out to parties. I want to, like, go be around friends and hang out and actually have, like, a wholesome time without dying mm-hmm. because it's possible. I know that the the opposite is also possible, but I have never wanted to just live in fear of, you know, like the the negative outcome is, is destined for you, even if it probably like probability wise is. But that night after I think we were held for maybe an hour of telling them the same story, story unchanged, where we came from, where we're headed, where we live, our names. And they finally, you know, let us go. They was like, you know, y'all can't be on the street at this time ever really you know like i'll just you know hurry up and get home was kind of like the talk of the day so and this we were, the time you chose joy over yeah i think because you went after to the party? that day mm-hmm. there was you know the, the invite was shot out for the you know the next next saturday and mm-hmm. i we had to take the same route to get back home mm-hmm. like we we didn't have cars at this time we weren't you know like it's, it's what do you what do you do because your options are limited it's like you you go you know what's gonna happen we could we could try to come up with another route to get home but we know that this is the most well-lit route and so we went we went again we went home and we we made it and we were perfectly fine and i think since then i haven't really had that fear of going into public spaces as much like i Mm. while i enjoy dancing and i enjoy partying things of that nature i didn't really like it until that day Mm. um like i just i didn't i didn't feel like safely around me i didn't feel my own power as a black man until like after I had I, I was OK after a situation, mm. still knowing that another situation could arise and I may not be OK. But that was just one of those times where I chose like, you know, like we are actually a group of kids who this is our outlet. Um, yeah. We don't get much of it. My grades are perfect. My attitude is perfect. My behavior is perfect. I want to go out and I want to like enjoy myself. So I'm going to do it and do my best to get home safely. And this is kind of the theme of how we have to move in general. Like you have to, you have to plot and plan and prepare yourself mentally to go down the street. And that sucks. That's real. It, I mean, it, I but, literally, yeah. And it's, and it's an everyday thing. I'm not saying that that's even stopped. Now mm-hmm. it's just more so like, you, you understand this is a process. I'm still dealing I'm with getting the car. Like, you know, it's, it's, out, yeah, but, we talk about it, but yeah. I don't tell you about mine because it's not even something that I, mine. not how <laughs> not I acknowledge, I acknowledge your fears and will give you some type of reason as to why hey well, you know well, you got to do this so like you know, why like, i have to go out yeah because okay. at the end of the day you, you there's you can't stop because mm-hmm. that's kind of the point it's to make you feel you know to immobilize you it's to make you feel little like you can't go anywhere yeah yeah but that's not the case you have every right to move how you need to move as anyone else it just doesn't feel that way because that's not how this country is set up but that's what the whole point of everything going on right now is for yeah so i say all that to say choosing choosing joy is what kind of led me to being one of those people that now I, I don't mind going into a space to celebrate with other people. That's when I started enjoying those Guyana days more and those festivals more and parades and celebration of our people more is because this is a thing. This is a thing that we do. And I want to be out. Now, I'm not out as much anymore because now I'm just trying to be in here mm-hmm. and make sure everybody's straight in here. But, you know, I miss it sometimes. 
<laughs> that's like a thing. I, you know, I still want to go out with you, but I want to make it home to her. So this is constantly, sorry, a thing that we're like struggling with, but it, you know, and it's a part of who we are, but we're still actively to this day trying to choose joy over our fears, right. our realistic fears, our it's, grounded in statistics, in re- reality, <laughs> reality right. fears, you know? But yeah, that was, that's, that's, that's me. That's Thanks, what I got. Babe. You're welcome. Um, and finally, y'all. How do we plan to teach Drew to take care of herself and enjoy her blackness? Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, I was listening to the OD podcast. Uh, they recently put out a really good episode on race and things that they're unlearning and learning. And it's called Read the Room. I have like 20 minutes left, but it's really good. And Wait, I, the name of the episode is? called Read the Room. That's funny. The name of Joe Budden's last episode is Read the Room. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah, it's called Read the Room. and Because um, people are struggling to read the room. People are stupid. But anyway, at one point, Alicia, who was one of the the co-host of the show uh, was talking about how she wished her mom had like taught her some of the things she now knows as a kid because she probably would have been better prepared in mm. a lot of ways. But but like what she I don't, she didn't really go into detail about what she wished she knew or at least if she hasn't hadn't gotten to that point yet. But I have like twenty minutes left. But it made me think of the same thing. Like I felt really I felt really stupid and silly and embarrassed and unlearned by the time I went to college because while I lived in the South. I had not experienced the level of racism, passive and aggressive, as I had in Ohio. Mm-hmm. I was not equipped. Now we talked um, about it when we were younger, like how just how how you were protected. And I mean, a lot we went to ways. a charter school, yeah. but it was all black. They made a really big point of getting us black teachers in with the HBCUs. Mm-hmm. Like that was, and the white people that visited were like visitors, and you had to put on your best coon behavior. Yeah, I hated that shit. But like, I didn't realize that's what it was until I got older. I know. But it was. I, <laughs> I was like, well, oh, we just gotta be these are people with money, you know? But I I was not equipped mentally, emotionally to deal with the racism I experienced all four years at Wooster mm-hmm. alone. Because did nobody live in Ohio? Well, my auntie and mm-hmm. I saw her once every year. <laughs> and we talked about this. But, I, used to, um, I hated that. I hated that you chose to go to that place. Like yeah, I hate. Like, I, I was hated when you like chose to to be in space. It was somewhere. always my plan to leave the state, mm-hmm. and I had got waitlisted a lot because the year of 2010, that class was a very strong class yeah. across the board, and. Everybody was applying everywhere. And Wooster was the first one to accept me and give me the most money before I realized I got Gates. Because if yeah. I had known I got Randy Gates. Randy had the scholarship that pays for, for her to everything. Go to if I had life. known I got Gates, I would have been like, I'm going to put y'all on wait list too. <laughs> I'm going to apply to 50 other more schools. I didn't know that I would have had school taken care of regardless. And um, and so I went to Wooster. Mm-hmm. And it turned out to be great. I, I mean, I, it's changed my yeah, life. Yeah, no, you've had positive experiences. From but me. my point being is that on top of having this talk with Drew when she's younger, and like really explaining to her, at least in terms of my experience as a black woman dealing with race and racism, I also want to teach her how to take self care days mm-hmm. as a kid because that is definitely so we're all in the same. not we're in, something we're in alignment um, with that one. That is definitely not something I wasn't that, taught that um, at all. My mom no, still don't take care of herself. We, <laughs> <laughs> uh, why are you? I'm trying to. No, okay. I'm serious. Like that's like we. Yeah, mm. like I, it's it's not. We're not taught to. That rest. is not taught. We're not taught to rest or to be cognizant of our limitations and no. or when we need a break. And one thing my mom did do was because my dad had been in this really bad accident when he was a kid. He was the only survivor. And it was a school trip. And he that day he didn't want to go to school. She was really big on whenever we said we didn't want to go to school, we didn't have to go to school. And that didn't happen often because we love school. Mm-hmm. But she was really big on like that. Like she she listened to us in terms of that. But but. I don't, I don't, I didn't really have much knowledge about what self-care meant. And now I'm in a job and I'm a, I'm in a position that gives us health time that isn't counted and we can take it as much as we want when we just really need a self-care day. And so I really want, as we teach Drew, 
as we teach Drew about race and racism, what that's going to be like for her, I also want to advocate for self-care days mm-hmm. and being aware of, of like your mental space and what you need. Because I read this article a while ago and it was like, kids have bad days too. And yeah, we're just you, expected to like push through. And, how and, old was Drew at that point? She was really, really young. Yeah, she was a baby baby. But it was talking about like toddlers and elementary students. But kids do have bad days. I mean, I certainly had a lot of them. But Same. we're taught to just push through. And I think in a lot of ways, that's great. That teaches resilience, perseverance, mm-hmm. and following through and, and pulling through. But there are also days where you need to rest. And if I had known to take care of myself in that way in college and as a kid, then I think I probably would have saved myself from a lot of heartache when it concerns dealing with race and race. Knowing your personality and your mentality, I think that you definitely could have taken... Like a day to do yeah, some, some goddamn some, yoga? Yeah. Or <laughs> just to sit down, read a book that's mm-hmm. like, that makes me happy as opposed to... to like knowing your child. And, yeah. Right. And so I want to give those days to her just, or whatever self-care looks like for her mm-hmm. to like let her know, look, I'm going to be do my part as your mother and as your parent to give you the space to have these days mm-hmm. because we need rest. We need rest as black people and she needs to see that implemented within her family so that she can advocate for rest and for taking care of herself when she leaves our house. So, yeah. How about you? I, oh, I'm 100% in agreement with what what you just said and mm-hmm. I'm trying not to bite verbatim, but I'm I'm on the same page. We are taught to work till you die yeah. and sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice. And more often than not, all that sacrificing takes a toll on our mental, takes a toll on our physical and we pay for it later. And most, more often than not, we're resentful for it. Yeah. Um, because, again, these weren't things that we were taught when we were and younger. And in therapy for it. That they didn't know. Absolutely. <laughs> why, why are you preaching? Sure. Oh, and in therapy. Therapy. A word. Thank you, Doc. Uh, no, but 100%. Like, I, I know that there are things that I had to teach Drew as far as, like, gyms for, like, just dealing with men. Yeah. And dealing with women. And when it comes to how she should move when when the when the situation is racial or just dealing with her blackness in general, I want to tell her everything. I don't think that there is an age limit on on having some experience about yourself. Um, mm-hmm. There are things I'm really really glad that our mentors and teachers taught us at a young age. Like we were very we were very aware of our blackness before we hit double digits, mm-hmm. um, which I think is important. Because I mean, I was aware it was normal to me, so it it really mm-hmm. shocked the shit out of me to leave the state and be like what the fuck is wrong with y'all like y'all we still have problems with this <laughs> and not i like, like, I, meanwhile, really i'm me. so aware of it i was like no I, I know exactly where to avoid i will never ever go there like i just have no i have no intention on ever yeah <laughs> going there and now yeah too you know i'm never going back yeah ever. Uh, i did want to go back for Diane's graduation but by the grace of 2020 yeah, graduation yeah was, happened virtually <laughs> online yeah Diane is one of our students that went to drew mm-hmm and that graduated from Wooster, and, and we missed it boom. because and I easy was she's a one freaking of my alumni now. Yeah, no. Isn't that crazy? We're she old. She is as dirt. Um, anyway, but one thing that I plan to, <laughs> to teach her about what it, you know about taking care of herself is that she has to, at the end of the day, be aware of her bandwidth. I really want our daughter to be self aware mm-hmm. because these things take tolls on people in different ways. There's I I want so badly to be out on front lines and doing stuff because I I want to put my body in that space Mm -hmm. because sitting here and then constantly filtering through these images and seeing what's going on already being fully aware of it, knowing that I'm limited to, okay you can put your money into this right now Mm -hmm. and you can continue spreading um, spreading information here and you need to start cutting off certain people and blocking certain people because people are showing you their true colors, Mm -hmm. which is also already irritating. Um, But I had messaged uh, belief. 
and he, he replied with a real simple message just like just love you like i just I, I think i just needed to to get something positive from somebody and, and then he he put up a video like look yeah i gotta put your phone down yeah um yes we all need to be informed and you know you see that meme going around like i'm caught between wanting to be informed and wanting mm-hmm. to like go kill myself in the corner so, you know like mm-hmm. something like it's very it's very difficult but you have to know yourself and be aware of how much you can hold mm-hmm. and understand that it's fine to fill yourself up, but you have to go put that somewhere healthy before it starts to take over all of you. Mm-hmm. And I took on a lot as I was that I, when I was younger because I didn't trust to give it to anybody else, or because I didn't know how to give it to anybody else, or to just give it up. Period. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want to focus on when it comes to her: is that all everything does not need to be internalized. Everything does not need to be so harmful to you and painful to you before you like crumble. Yeah. Like you can you can feel it and then do something with it. Mm. Um. And then whatever that something does has to be to your benefit and to the benefit of others around you if that's how you choose to move. But I don't want her out here self-harming. Again, the importance of self-care, being aware of yourself, knowing knowing yourself. You have to know when to stop being hurtful to yourself. Right. At this point, I'm only looking at this shit because it's pissing me off. Yeah. I'm I'm going deeper than I ever gone. I'm not a comment reader. He's reading comments, y'all. Uh, he's like, like, yeah, he walking around the house. I done, I done stumbled across Randy, I done stumbled across eating. this whole space of white people who have he been making a whole bunch of fucking his Instagram memes. that he's already Randy, deleted. I came across uh, memes. Apparently white people have been sharing memes of um Planet of the Apes when the apes were revolting and saying this is what Black Lives Matter like protest looks like. I'm I'm like already fuming. And I'm already seeing seen people sharing their whole oh, uh, you know. I back blue and uh, blue lives matter. I'm still seeing blue lives matter shit. And all lives First matter. First of all, shit. being I'm a just, police officer is a choice. I don't. Understand. Okay, we're not even about to do this. This is about black that, joy. Okay. <laughs> so you tell you yeah, teaching her self care. I just wanted to. I just wanted to teach you the importance of taking care of herself while also trying to do for others because we are raised to sacrifice a lot of ourselves and more often than not we're not filled back up. Right. But how to find that balance is what I want to put into her because oh. now, now we're capable. Right. After a whole bunch of therapy and drugs, <laughs> alcohol. Maybe I can save her liver. <laughs> You're stupid. All right. Engagement. Yeah. So how are you choosing joy and taking care of yourself now? Or if you weren't before, how do you plan to? <laughs> you need to. You need to. You deserve. Uh, and also, what makes you happy to be black? Shoot us an email at blackmailmare at gmail.com. That's B-L-A-C-K-M-I-L-M-A-R at gmail.com. Or leave us a voicemail at 770-750-4098. Or hit us up on social media with your thoughts on this episode. Yes. Remember, y'all, the boycotts took much longer than they planned. These are not one-week happenings. This is not going to be a quick fix. Uh, I have a very strong feeling these are going to last for a very long time. And Um, they absolutely should. But But in order for you to fight properly, you need to recharge, you need to re-energize. You have to go back to your corner. You need to hydrate. Take someone else in. Yes. Get some sleep. Laugh at something. Anything. Bye, Black. How we doing? It's time for Randy and Mike's Fight or Flight. They've held it in all week, but you gon' hear it tonight. Don't really matter who is wrong or right, cause it's Fight or Flight. All right. Fight or flight. What's your fight? All right. Oh, it's abrupt. Just come on. All right. So I have um, concerns for your health. Mikey. Randy's been working out, y'all, and she's been working out for at least an hour a day, and she's been killing it. And you look amazing. Thanks. Right? You look great. You always do. But <laughs> I'm wondering if you've been doing anything as far as dietary for your, like, eyes. Like, do you eat carrots? What are you talking about? Can you see? 
What? Is my question. I'm worried about your eye health. Yes, I can see. All right. I see better than you. Oh, good. What I'm I really glad Mike? you made that point. So the other day, Randy says, hey, Mikey, have you seen my computer case? <laughs> and I say, no, Randy, I, I, I have not. I can't remember seeing it anywhere. Fight. And Randy does a full. No, 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 no. This is my fight. Let me get this out. Randy does a full lap around our house. Now, our house is sectioned off as we have a very large dining room area, living room area by the bar. There's the kitchen, bathroom, bedroom. It's all just one big circle, section off by door. So Randy does two laps around the house. <laughs> I can't find it. Can you, Do you know where it is? So finally, I stand up. I walk into the room. I just go to one place. This is a rarity. I, uh, is it? Mikey. Oh, there are other instances of this happening, which is why this fight is now coming up. I'm tired. I walk into the room, y'all. And guess what's the very first thing I see when I walk into the room? It's Randy's laptop bag. I thought you were talking about my phone. Just sitting. We're breaking from my phone. I wasn't, I, I wasn't even going to bring it up, Randy. So, that was a couple weeks ago. Hey, y'all, last week, Randy says, Mikey, I can't find my phone. Where is it? <laughs> it's dumb late. We all tired. I was like, all right. But where did you check? She, she looked around. She said. <laughs> she searched. I walk. I, all I do, y'all, I go straight to the room. And lo and behold, that shit is right there on the charger. <laughs> All I did was take it from the charger and hand it to her and tell her I love her. Because you know what? I said, well, but the thing is, that, that, here's the problem. Here's the problem with fighter flags is these fights start to build up because we don't talk. And I have not been saying anything for the longest about how you don't but look for stuff. For all what Randy. I look for stuff. <laughs> it's just the, the one time, the rare times where I <laughs> don't rare time. is when you find it. Randy, and I look silly. That shit happened a lot. Like, I'm tired. Like, do, hey, man, out. I think that my girl might be blind. This baby is teething. Did she, she got take a your fever. Eyesight? I'm tired. I can't express it. Y'all, no, seriously. That, that laptop bag drained. was literally on top of everything in the middle of the room on top of the dresser. It. Like, you could not avoid. I can find it. You could not find because it. Because I was only looking where I thought it would be. Like, I, like my brain looking. couldn't even comprehend <laughs> that it could possibly be. <laughs> so then what were you doing when you were I was looking in the spots that it would normally And then I wondered the same for your phone. Like, I, so we're, I was we're, looking at, we're both like, on the couch. And Randy is like, the, the phone has to be in the couch. I'm like, Randy, <laughs> if we don't hear the shit on the couch, it may not be yeah, on the couch. Tired. I'm calling it. I was like, I don't hear anything my out here, Randy. Fine. Randy said, it has to be out here. I walk into the, I just went in the room. So I'll apologize. <laughs> my fight was looking before you ask. Like, I do look. I just be tired. And so, mm-hmm. and I be hoping you just know. And I, I always find Not it. Always. I mean, oh, oh, it don't take me long, baby. Okay, so please give me an instance of a time. I don't keep receipts. Okay. Of times where you don't find don't something that I've asked that. you for. But okay. I, but I will think about it. I will accept your apology. Um, because, again, I love you. And I will help you find it. I just, it would be nice to know that you had looked before I, I did. Got to help you. <laughs> That's it. I apologize. That's okay, because I love you. See, look how we build. Uh. PDA, that's my first. You first, yes. Tell me how you love me. Um. Well, we've had a rough few days, Randy. Y'all, actually, you hear Drew in the background, but I'm actually really happy about that because she's been pretty quiet mm-hmm. outside of when she's fussing when she has a really bad or high fever. She's been sick. She's had a fever. She has all her molars growing in. I don't know how many of those are, but it's, it's, it's I think it's four. It's supposed it's the two big ones. They're all back. coming in. Mm-hmm. And her doctor made mention of it at her last appointment a few days ago. And it's like Drew heard her and was like, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to be teething. And then, <laughs> yeah. so then, and then she also got her, <laughs> her vaccinations, um, her shots. And it's been a really rough few days. And we're tired. We're tired. She wants to be held. She doesn't want to be held. She keeps saying she's hungry, but she won't eat nothing. I, it, it's hard. 
and we both work and like a lot of parents and we're in the middle of a pandemic and a revolution and you really have been a good partner we've been irritated with each other but like we've been so irritated that we just kind of moving around like we just not even it's just me I'm just no. like, you know what i can't even i'm not about to do this with you because i know what the root of this is i'm about to just either ignore you i think that or... speaks to just practice we are we are 100 percent fully aware of what the issue not that my baby is ever an issue but what the issue is and so because of that <laughs> we're just we're just we're moving we're just like yeah. we're just moving um so i really appreciate you being a, a steady partner during this time <sighs> even in the midst of being irritated or irritating or just tired with 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 trying to um, help heal a toddler who is feeling a lot better, and yeah, and she's just one of those toddlers that really want her mother. Yeah, and that's while I love it, it's hard. Like it's hard. It's hard to be to know that I have purposely married this really great guy and had this baby with this really great guy, and you don't want nothing to do with him. And I'm sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I work too hard to have a two parent household for you, and all you want is me. This was not the plan. And I just, I just, I'm ready for these. these Tell uh, God your plans. Huh? These daddy girls. I just knew she'd come out daddy girl. And you know, I like, heard so many stories about how girls, they love their fathers growing up. Mind you, I don't know because I have never seen my sisters with their fathers and they like were happy. Except my younger sister. But that was problematic. Now, <laughs> I don't know anything about this relationship, but Randy kept hyping me up. Oh, I, nah, she gonna be into you. I was into my dad and then she gonna switch. And then Randy's mom over here telling me, nah, Randy was really into her dad and then she was into me. Like, she, there's, a, there's a point where they really love their dads. Drew don't like me. That's not true. Right? She don't. Drew's so like, anti-daddy's face because she because she know all I'm trying to do is get her to chill. Well, Mikey, w- relax. We call him her sleeping pill. She knows that she lay on his chest. She it's out. a wrap. She out. But Man, also, like I'm like, I'm a, I'm a play thing. Like, she can climb on me. We do it. We play around. Like, that's our thing. But she don't want any of that. She really just wants to sit in her mother's lap and cuddle up to her mom. <laughs> but her mom got to work. Uh, right. And then she wait until I don't have the energy to do it. To be like, hey, daddy, hey, daddy, I Actually, want you. I want you. <laughs> right now, she be calling on my mic, like, hey, know what I said earlier? I didn't mean it. I hate her apologies because she know what she's doing. <laughs> she be looking at him like, hmm? well, I love you. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so um, thank I love you. you too. You're welcome. All right, you go ahead, baby. Mine is. I know I made a joke about it earlier during during my uh, fight or flight, but I wanted to bring this back up because we talked about it uh, for a moment last week. But you have been working out consistently. And working to meet your goals that you set for yourself. And I'm just really, really proud of you for keeping at it. I hope that you have felt supported throughout and that we are like giving you the time as a family to do the work that you said you wanted to do. I see you taking advantage of it. I love it. I see you doing different stuff. Some days yoga. Some day you're out here backflipping with weights. Um, <laughs> sometimes it's jump squats on your head. It's just really interesting shit that I've seen. What? You know, whatever it is. I'm really, really proud of you. I see the effort that you're putting into. And um, I, I made it a point. I was like, you know, please make sure that you look at your body today because you look great. And in times where you just wasn't feeling yourself and you did look amazing, you did not recognize it. I just want you to look at yourself and recognize how gorgeous you are and the hard work that you're putting in because it is visible. Thank you. You're I welcome. I've been having a lot of fun. Your nose is shrinking, too. Is it? Yeah. You know, I used to have a small nose. Then I got pregnant. With Drew and she tore my whole body up. But thank you, whatever you had to do to get here. <laughs> love you to death. Um, I love you. <laughs> yeah, leave that. But no, I see your hard work and I'm proud of you. Thank you, babe. You're welcome. I'm trying to catch up. And you haven't given me the space to work out. I really appreciate it. Y'all, I'm serious. I'm just, I'm ready. I'm tired of being tired. I and get it. Yeah, thank you. 
the black millennium marriage podcast is in domino sounds network new episodes every monday and thursday the black millennium <laughs> marriage <laughs> podcast white and white jingle was created by evan and janae at janae's jingles details in our show notes yes for 20 percent off your subscription with better help that's h-e-l-p visit www.betterhelp.com slash bmm now that's therapy y'all we talked about it in our marriage counseling episodes mm-hmm, if you want to mm-hmm. go back and hear what we think about it go ahead for ad free extra and exclusive content no matter what you pledge even if it's just one dollar mm-hmm. head over to patreon.com slash black millennial marriage yes that is where you get early access to episodes we have recently started doing zoom calls yes with our that's been really great family it's been really nice yeah it's, it's been really fun. great um it's informative and we get to see I, people's faces yeah we get to put a face to the comments and to these pledges it is just fun see nice. the babies I see, babies I see this growing into a thing yeah. so yeah head over there www.patreon.com slash black millennial marriage slash black millennial marriage that's what I said we are now still available on iTunes Spotify Stitcher Google Podcasts and all other major streaming services rate us five, five stars. stars if you enjoyed this Yes. <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode. And be sure to check out our website, www.blackmillennialmarriage.com. Follow us on social media platforms on Instagram, what are we? Black Millennial Marriage. On Facebook, what are we? Black Millennial Marriage Podcast. And on Twitter, what are we? At underscore the Chapmans. Thank you again for listening, y'all. Be blessed. Don't settle. Fight clean. Peace. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.